So amen will sound like thunder this morning. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Why don't we jam our hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. All right, move around and just slap somebody a high five and say you're welcome to church. You are welcome to church. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, before you take your seat, I'd like you to move around again and just leave a compliment with somebody. Tell somebody you're looking good. I love your heart. I love your cap. I love your dress. You're looking fresh. You're looking beautiful. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Let's be seated in God's presence this morning. Glory be to God. Let's all be seated. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everybody to church um, this beautiful Sunday morning. And um, it's, it's actually a very interesting month um, because the, the series, the topic for the month, um, we're just about to start it today. Praise God. Very, very interesting month. Um, the first Sunday uh, in the month of November, you know, I had to be in Kwale, a Kwale church. Uh, for uh, their convention, glory be to God, and um, we have to just toe the line of the topic uh, that the Spirit of God will have us um, study uh, for that particular convention. Praise God! Uh, and it was such an amazing time um, for us uh, in Kwale. Glory be to God. Uh, the congregation was alive. I mean, so much power was available. The people were receptive to God's word. Praise God. And I'm telling you, their response to God's word was, was just amazing. Praise God. And all our campuses had to join in for that service. And I'm sure that even though I was not present here physically in our Lagos church, uh, but I was present. Praise God. Uh, for those of us who were around for that service in Lagos, was I, was I, was I present with you here? Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm sure you could feel the energy. I mean, there was so much energy, you know, in that church that day. The people were so much uh, responding to God's word. And you see, when there's a, a sweet response to God's word, uh, the word of God just flow ceaselessly. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And last week, uh, when we would have had opportunity to begin the topic again, uh, the ladies of Love's Domain Family Assembly in Lagos uh, gathered together for la um, ladies' timeout. And um, uh, Pastor Dr. Lainka Kutila was with us uh, last week, and it was such an amazing time, even though a lot of things um, went wrong. Let me put it that way. The generator shut down. A lot of things happened. We couldn't get it on at all. We'd look for an alternative generator. It came on. It couldn't power the AC. There was so much. You know, praise God. You know, interestingly, even my auntie called me and said, ah, why was Dr. Kotila? Because, you know, you noted that we had to just do a very short video. Praise God. 
you know, from the old service after we were able to put on the lights. And she said she noticed that she was just wiping her face with face towel. Like I said, there was no, the AC were not coming on. Praise God. You know, but despite all of that, we thank God for an amazing time uh, in God's presence uh, last week, Sunday. Come on. Uh, can we just celebrate God for all of these wonderful things that he has done uh, in the month of November? Come on. I believe we can put in a little bit of more energy uh, into our club. Glory be to God. What an amazing God we serve. Hallelujah. So this morning, we're just going to be moving into the topic that we have for the month. And if God would allow us, will permit us, because um, this particular topic is something that uh, we need to actually uh, teach and bring people to a place of understanding of it. Uh, and I know that the last Sunday of the month, we're also going to have um, cinemas, you know, through breakfast, praise God. So there's a likelihood that we may uh, ext- extend this topic um, into next month, praise God, uh, for us to be able to have a fullness of what God will have us understand uh, concerning this. I don't know, maybe we'll have the e-flyer up on the screen already. Uh, for those of us who follow us online, I'm sure you're already aware, you will have seen the flyer uh, secured by His love. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, as I was meditating last month uh this was when this topic dropped in my spirit uh for us to look at and uh, i believe so strongly that the spirit of god will have us look at this uh because these are times and seasons uh in which a lot of things are happening all around the world um and because of the things that are going on uh, there's a likelihood that men and women uh, may come to a point whereby they begin to doubt the love of God for them. Praise the Lord. Um, I was sharing uh, somewhere and I told the people that if there's anything that the devil uh, will want to do is to discredit the word of God. Is to discredit what God has said. Hallelujah. So if God told you that he's going to bless you, uh, if there's any assignment that the devil has, is to ensure that you disbelieve whatever it is God has said. Is somebody following me? And you see the strategy of the devil has remained the same over over time. In fact, right from Genesis chapter 1, from the beginning of creation, the strategy of the devil has not changed. And if there's anything that Paul warned us of, he said we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Have you read it before? That means at no point in time should you as a believer be ignorant of what the devil is doing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That means you must understand the strategy of the devil so that if the devil ever comes against you because you have an understanding of the strategy of the devil, you stay focused on what God has said is somebody following me this morning now from genesis chapter one you will realize that god told adam he said of all the trees that is in the garden he said you may eat he said but there's just one tree that i'm not going to permit you to eat from and that is the tree that is in the midst of the garden 
And by the time the devil was going to show up to Eve, guess what the devil did? The devil said, as God said, that you should not eat of any of the trees that is in the garden. And Eve had to correct the devil and said, no, that's not what he said, though. This is what he said. Can you see the wiles of the devil? He said, that's not what he said. Though. He said, we can eat of all the trees. He said, but this particular tree that is in the middle of the garden, the, that's the one that God said we should not touch. And he said, she said, because the day that we eat of it, he said that day we will die. Glory be to God. And what was the devil's response? The devil said, well, <laughs> um, you know, truly, if you eat it, um, you will not surely die. Praise the Lord. I, I, you see, that word surely, don't, don't, don't play down on it. The devil knew that they would die. So he said, you will not, it's not like you will really die. Praise the Lord. But I guess Eve was not sensitive enough to the wiles of the devil to understand that even the devil in his statement admitted that they were going to die but it's not like they will fall down and die immediately do you understand what it is i'm saying so he said you will not surely die he said but what will happen to you is that when you eat of that tree hmm, oh god ah uh, god doesn't want you to be like him oh. but when you eat from that fruit i'm telling you you will be like god but the truth of the matter is every time I, I meditate on that book of Genesis, what I ask myself is that in whose image were they made in the first place? Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. In whose image? They were not just made in the image of God. They were made in the likeness of God. And you see, likeness talks about, you see, image talks about how the person looks. Then likeness talks about the person's character, the person's nature, the person's, you know, everything that makes that person that person is, has been imputed into you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when he said they are going to be like God, I don't know what Eve was thinking for her not to realize that I'm already in the image of God and I already have the likeness of God. So what is this guy talking about? Now that brings me back to the statement that I made as we started this topic. That if there's anything the devil will want to do to you, is to make you doubt what God has said concerning you. It will bring circumstance. It will bring situations. It will bring a lot of things around you. To make you doubt what God has said. Can you imagine a Abraham? And Abraham and his wife. God said your seed is going to be powerful in the earth. And you see the blessing that I'm going to leave for the entire world. Is going to come through your seed. And Abraham was about 70 years old. When he, I'm 75. When he received that word from God. And for the next 25 years. Nothing happened in the life of Abraham and Sarah. Nothing happened. Sarah did not get pregnant from morning to night. Praise God. You know, there are some women who get pregnant and the pregnancy comes down maybe after two months or there. But do you understand what I'm saying? Glory be to God. But that did not even happen to Sarah. And Sarah, as at that time, was even already past the stage of menopause. But God said, I'm leaving my word with you. 
I'm leaving my word with you. Through your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That means Abraham, no matter what happens in your life, this word that I've spoken over you is surely going to come to pass. But you know the devil comes and we will make it look as if what God has said will not come to pass in your life. Glory be to God. His strategy has not changed. It still remains the same. God says you are healed, but you are having a headache. Glory be to God. Oh, is somebody following me this morning? God says you are healed, but the doctor is saying, hey, you are down with diabetes. God says you are healed, but the doctors are saying you've got cancer on your body, and you can see the cancer. Oh, are you listening to me this morning? But you see, beyond all the physical evidence, beyond what we feel, we need to understand that if God has said a thing, he is bound to do what he has said. Or oh, are you with me? For God is not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he will tell you this is what he will do. Then he will now say, I've changed my mind. Glory be to God. If God gives you a check, oh my God, take it to the bank. It cannot bounce. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? So this morning or this month, praise God, we're looking at secured in his love. And we're going to be starting out from the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I'd like us to go there very, very quickly. You see, God will want to have us have assurance in Him for whatever it is He has said to us. In fact, God will always want to have us in a place of rest concerning what he has said concerning us. Because heaven and earth may pass away, but not, not a jot. One translation said, not a jot of his word. You see, that, that word jot, you can look at that word jot like full stop. You know, when you say, he is a good boy, then you say full stop. What that scripture is saying is that, see, Everything is going to come to pass. Oh. The boy he is a good boy. It's not just what will come to pass. You see that full stop? <laughs> Praise God. It looks as if, you know some people when they write, you know, putting full stop and stuff is not really, you understand, they just continue to write. You see that full stop, he is a good boy. Full stop. Don't let me use it, he's a good boy. Let me say, I will bless you. Full stop. You see that full stop will come to pass. As small as it is, it will come to pass. As small as it is, it will come to pass. But we need to come to a place where we rest assured. We are assured. We, are, we trust that what you have said will be. Oh, is somebody following me this morning? Now Romans chapter 5, if you are there, say praise the Lord. Oh my God, I had only two people, so let me wait again if you're there say praise the lord all right good i'll begin to read from verse one he said therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ i'd like to take it my time this morning 
Paul opened up this particular chapter of Romans. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith. You see, the word justification means you have been declared not guilty. Come on, is somebody following me? You have been declared not guilty. Now, remember that what I said to us about the devil is that one of his mission and mandates is to ensure that whatever it is that God tells you, don't believe it. Don't, don't believe what God has said. And I realized that, you see, it's not just concerning his love alone that the devil comes to make us doubt the love of God for us. But you see, even in the area of justification, the devil does everything that he can to make us feel that we are not justified. Oh, are you, are you listening to me this morning? So, the devil creates scenarios around you. And sometimes you trip along the line of your walk with God, along the line of your relationship with God, you trip. You fall into a sin. Now, immediately you fall into the sin, you realize that, oh my God, I've done something wrong. And you go ahead, you ask God for forgiveness because that's what the Bible says. Glory be to God. And you continue your walk with God. But you see, because the strategy of the devil has not changed, he will come in and he will make you feel as if that which you may have done can never be forgiven you. Oh, do I have a witness here? Do I have a witness? Come on. Do I have a, a, a truthful church? Just wave your hands to me if you understand what it is I'm saying. It comes in. Oh, something you did last year. God has letting it go. But you see, the devil never lets it go. Because every time you go on your knees to pray to God, every time you go on your knees to, to have fellowship with your father, that's which you've done wrong is always coming to your mind. And that's why most of us, when we begin to pray, you know, uh, Father, we thank you, uh, you know, because of the consciousness of that which you've done wrong, you just feel like, ah, maybe God will not answer me. Then you say, ah, Father, uh, the sin I've, you know, that I've committed, Lord, forgive me. Now, the sin you're talking about, you committed it like five years ago. Oh, is somebody following me this morning? And you see, in, in Yoruba, praise God, while growing up in my home church, it's and <laughs> say delay then you go on a different kinds of a you see the reason why they are saying all of those things is to to just ensure that at least let me ensure i've captured everything <laughs> every like everything even if it's my grandfather let me cover his sin <laughs> you see but 
The reason why we do that sometimes, praise God. Now, some people do it out of a sincere heart. But you see, the fact that you're doing it out of a sincere heart does not even make it right. Are you following me? You know, I love the way Joyce Meyer, I mean, gave it. I mean, that very day I was blown off by Joyce. Joyce said, when you ask God for forgiveness, he said, God forgives you. If a God does not just forgive you, God forgets your sin. Oh my God. Because your sin, he said, I will put in the sea of forgetfulness. You see, the testament under which you and I operate is not like the old. Under the Old Testament, their sin, you see, the blood of the bulls, the cows, the calves, the pigeons, the chickens that they kill, what the blood of those animals does is to cover up their sin. Oh, are you listening to me? It's like this Bible, let's, let's assume that this Bible is your sin, assuming, praise God. What the blood of the animals does in the Old Testament is to just, just look for a cloth and just cover this place up. So, God cannot see the sin, but the sin is still there. Come on, talk to me now. But the Bible says we operate under a better covenant. A better covenant. A new covenant. The blood of Jesus, which is potent, more stronger than the blood of Boo. Listen to me. We're not talking about the blood of an ordinary human being. We're talking about the blood of the son of the living God. And this blood does not just cover our sin. What this blood does is that it washes it away. Oh, are you hearing me? How many of you, you've ever, you had a white shirt or something and maybe while you were eating, Amala, praise God. I mean, the begiri and everything is so delicious. And while you were trying to tear the pomo, praise God, there was a splash and you had a particular stain on your white shirt. You know exactly where it is. But somebody recommended, you know, I don't want to do advert for anybody, praise God. You know, but somebody recommended a very strong, maybe detergent or bleach or something for you. And you used it. And by the time the shirt dried up, you now begin to wonder, oh, you can't see the stain, that's number one. And you're, you're not even sure of exactly where the stain was because the stain remover removed the stain to a point that even the white shirt, eh, when you bought it, is not even as white as it is right now. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? So you can't tell, oh, maybe this is where it was, or maybe it's a little to the right, or it's a little to the left. Because the stain removal removed it so much that you can't find any traces. But I'm sure you must have washed some stains, maybe with some detergent or some bleach. It, it, it makes as if, you know, the, the, the stain is almost gone, but you can still see. So you can see, ah, you know, understand what I'm talking about. That's not how the blood of Jesus operates. It removes it. It wipes it off totally. And Joyce in that mercy blessed me. She said, the blood of Jesus washes away your sin. So what it means is that there's no longer any record of your sin. There's no record. There's no documentation of that which you have done wrong. He says, so when you now go to the place of prayer, and you say, you know God, 
I know I've asked you for forgiveness for that which I did wrong five days ago. You know, but <laughs> I still need to ask you for forgiveness right now. Just in case, just in case you have not really totally forgiven me. God, just just forgive me. Then you go again, you know that circle, you know, as your baba, as your coco, as your momoda, as then you continue to go. Joy said, if only God will open the windows of heaven for you to see what is happening in heaven. He said you she said you will be shocked. That God will have sat on his throne. That while you started your prayer with thanksgiving, you know, God is feeling you. Praise God. Enjoying your praise. Enjoy now you are thanking him for everything. Then you suddenly stop your thanksgiving. And you say, God, Baba, He said, God is now like, <laughs> what's, what's this guy saying now? What is he talking about? And Joy said, if, if there is a book, let us assume there is a book of record of sin in heaven. That there is a book where they record. Hmm. Dicking, Michael did da da da. Barista Augustine did big big big. You know? <laughs> and they put it there. Now, when the two of them asked God for forgiveness, it was cleansed away. So she said, when you begin to pray, God begins to wonder, what are you talking about? And God could say, hey, Angel Michael, I beg, that book of sin, bring it. Check his name. Check the King Michael's account. Did he really do anything wrong? Now, remember that the blood of Jesus had what? Washed it away. So, the angel is saying, Lord, I can't find anything. So, he said, in heaven, God is looking down and saying, what in the world is he talking about? What are you talking about? The Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith. You see, your justification was not because of you. Your justification was because of Jesus. Oh, are you hearing what I'm talking about? Oh, heaven is a beautiful place. And we're all going to get to heaven. And it's not going to be because we are good. Or because we are nice. Or because we are kind. The only thing that will get us into the kingdom of God. Is the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? He said, therefore, being justified by faith. You were justified by faith. It was not by your works. Lest any man should boast. You were justified by faith. Because you have faith in what Jesus did on the cross. You were justified. He said, we have peace with God. Through who? Come on, somebody reading with me. Through who? True, true, Pastor Banji, true yourself. He said, True, our Lord, we were justified by faith, and because we are now justified, he said, We have peace with God. We got peace with God. You see, between me and God, there's no hassle. Are you hearing me? Between me and God, there's no trouble. I don't have any, God does not have any issue with me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I was justified by faith. And because I'm now justified, I have peace with God. I have peace with God. I'm at rest with God. God has become my father. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, there was a time that God was the people's God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
You can open your mouth and call him the God of Moses, the God of Ezekiel, the God of Micah, the God of Nehemiah. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But after a while, when he came in human flesh, I believe you know Jesus was God in human flesh. I believe you know that. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And the word itself was God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Then in verse 14, he says, and the word became flesh. So God became flesh. God was their God. But when Jesus came, Jesus began to, you see, you know, I, I don't want to go into the doctrine of Trinity this morning. Praise God. But I want to believe that everyone under the sound of my voice believes in the Trinity. Praise God. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. So even though God was in the flesh, the Father, God the Father was still in heaven. Are you with me this morning? So Jesus came and began to call God his Father. It was strange to the Pharisees and the Sadducees that a man would call God Father, as in like God Father. Do you know who God is? That you will call God your Father. How can God have a Son? Glory be to God. Can I, can I have another microphone? I think the battery, this battery is going off. That's why we have that noise. Can I have, let me have that. Let me have the other Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. I hope you know you, how you can work on this sound. Or oh, let me have that one. Let me try that one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me see something here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me use this. Hallelujah. Where was I? So Jesus came and began to call God his father. It was strange. That a man would call God father. It was, do you know who God is? As in God. I was having a chat with the Muslim brothers many years ago. And he said, God, that you Christians are very funny. I said, what do you mean? He said, how would you Christians be so dumb? As in like so dumb, so foolish to believe that God will have a son. Now you know, I didn't want to start taking him to scriptures. Because even the scriptures he does not believe in. Do you understand? So trying to prove to him from the scriptures... That Jesus is the son of God is a fruitless effort. Because even the book, he does not believe in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I have to come from a logical standpoint. And when he made that statement, I looked at this brother and I said, I said, what's your imagination of God? I asked him. Now, if you're conversant with Islam... You will know that when such a question is asked or things are said about God, there's a particular phrase they make. I think it's um, Allah Akbar, right? I think it's Allah Akbar. It belongs to be God is great, something like that. Abi, is that it? Asalalelu, Luas. 
are you sure that is it? As, say it again. So when I said to him, what is your imagination of God? The guy went, ah, God is great. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, how powerful do you think God is? He repeated it again. God is great. You see, as he was saying it, I was feeling the, even in the atmosphere, you could feel that there was something in the atmosphere. Because what he was saying, he was not just saying it, he believes it to the core of his being. You know, an average Muslim believes God to a point that they can strap bombs and go and blow up people. Do you not understand what I'm talking about? It's you as a believer that they will say, go and preach. That you, you, you say, can I, can I preach? Hey, an average Muslim can do anything for the God that they serve. Are you hearing me? So he said it again. I said, wow. I said, do you believe that God can do anything? Like anything? The guy looked at me again and chanted that in is incantation, praise God. At Salalil was Salah, you know, when a, God is great. Then I asked him a series of questions. As I was asking him about God, he kept on saying, God is great. Then I looked at him. I said, so if you believe that God is great, that God is powerful, that God can do anything, then why do you find it so difficult that the almighty God, the all-powerful God, can now decide that I want to have a son? Then he kept quiet. And that was the end of the conversation. Because he suddenly realized that I was actually leading him on to that particular point. Because if you're saying that God is powerful, that God can do any, as in like anything, then why is it so difficult for you to believe that God can make up his mind that I, I want to have a son and he will now have the son? That was the end of the conversation. So when Jesus came and began to call God Father, God Father, that entire generation of, of supposed believers were wondering how a man could call God his Father. But you know, they got to a point that while Jesus was walking with his disciples, he stopped and looked at them. I said, you know what? I'll no longer call you my disciples. But I'm now going to be calling you friends. So, from being disciples, from being servants, some other translation used the word servant, that I will no longer call you servants, and I'll call you friends. And that's why I, I'm sorry, you know, for, for men of God all, all around who may, you know, stumble on this video. I, I'm not part of the people who believe. I understand the concept of saying I am a servant of God. I understand that. But you see, they were in the level of servanthood before that period. And Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I now call you friends. God elevated their status from being servant to becoming friends. Oh, are you following me? 
But you see, after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, everybody moved. Everybody had already moved from being servants to becoming friends. But now, we have all moved to become the sons of the living God. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? So, we are not servants of God. We are not even friends of God. We are sons of God. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why that song, you know, I am a friend of God. You know, I don't sing it like that. I am more than a friend of God. I am a son of God. Are you listening to me? Your friend is not connected to you by blood. But your son is connected to you by blood. Are you hearing me? There's a stronger bond between you and your son than you and your friend. There's a stronger bond. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? No wonder John, in thought John, looked and said, Behold, what manner of love is this that the Father had bestowed upon us, that you and I should be called the Son of the living God. What manner? I don't know how you see that scripture. But John said, Behold, 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 behold means to take a critical look. If I will say it in Yoruba, I don't know how the Yoruba translation put it, but the Yoruba may have said, Look at this thing. That means this thing is amazing. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you and I are walking on the street, then I suddenly call you and say, Look, 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 look. You see? The intensity of how I say look is going to determine how well you will pay attention. That's number one. Number two, it will how I say it will be dependent on how great what I want you to look at is. Do you understand what I'm saying? John could have said, what manner of love is this that the Father has bestowed upon us? He could have just said that. But he didn't say that. He said... Be, be, as in, behold. That means the sight of it was magnificent for John. Behold, what manner of love is this? That means, oh my God. That God will bestow upon us sonship. That I will now be called the son of God. Listen, the highest rank you can ever attain on planet Earth is not to become the uh, Secretary General of the United Nations. The highest rank you can attain while you're on the face of the Earth is to be called the Son of the Creator. The Son of the Living God. Jesus called God Father generation could not handle it but we have been moved into sonship can somebody lift up their right hand and say i am the son of god uh i know i know some ladies will be thinking oh i, I should be a daughter hey god does not have daughters god has sons oh are you with me you may be a female here but you are a son of god oh are you with me come on are you with me i believe you know that spirits don't have gender 
Hello. I believe you know spirits don't have gender. Mrs. Patricia's spirit is not a female spirit. How somebody's getting what I'm saying? It is your vessel, the container that your spirit carries that makes you a woman. But you see, the real you is not, there's no gender to it. A spirit is a spirit. Are you following me? And that's why I stand here to say, eh, eh, are you listening to me? That there is nothing called spirit husband. Somebody is not hearing me. Somebody is not hearing me. Because spirits don't carry gender. Are you listening to me? Spirits is spirit. It's our vessels that differentiates us. The way Dicky Michael will stand and he will look is what will make us know that he is a man. Are you with me? And the way Dickness and Luede will stand is what will make us know that oh, she's a woman. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And you see, God did not bring us into sonship based on our vessels. Oh, are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God did not bring us into sonship based on our vessels, but based on our spirits. Is somebody following me this morning? Lift up your right hand and say, I am justified. Oh, I am justified by faith and I have peace with God. Say it again. I have been justified by faith and I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, say it again. I have been justified by faith and I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, give the Lord a shout in this place. Now let's move on to verse 2. It says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace where we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. He said, By whom also. You see, that word whom is referring to who? Come and talk to me. He's referring to whom? He's saying that through Jesus, we also have access by faith into this grace. See, if you don't get anything out of this service, understand this. Everything you will ever become with God, everything you will ever receive from God, everything you will ever get from God is going to be by Jesus. It's going to be through Jesus. Oh, is somebody listening to me this morning? And that's why... Okay, we're, we're going to get there. Praise God. What I don't know is if we'll get there this morning. But I know we'll surely get there. But you need to understand that, you see, this thing we're talking about is not about you. I know the gospel you have heard over the years has made it all about you. But it is never about you. It is all about Jesus. It's never about you. 
See, if it's about you, if it's about me, hey, oh my God, I love that scripture. That scripture says, if the Lord will mark iniquity, he said, who is that person that can stand? You would now say that you will stand when the Lord wants to mark iniquity. And you now say, hey, I'm the holiest of all. You see, if you will be able to say that before God, then you have become God. Oh, you didn't catch what I'm saying to you. Everything we have, everything we will ever become, it's going to be by him. It's going to be because of him. He said, by he said, true, he said, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have access through him. You have access to God, you have access to your father, you have access. Listen, in the old testament, they had to go through a lot of protocols before they can get to God. Why are you following me? See, if you understand what Christianity is, eh, you will be grateful to God forever. In the Old Testament, before you can even say you want to talk to God, there are processes. There are things to be done. I mean, we all gathered here this morning, and I believe you know that God is here. How many of you know that God is here? How many of you know that God is here? We all gathered and God is here fellowshipping with us. In the Old Testament, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen like that. For you to be able to even to come into the temple, there are things you must do. You must be clean for you to come into the temple. And when it talks about you being clean, not just spiritual cleanness, even physical cleanness. Oh, is somebody following me? If we were in the Old Testament, praise God, right now, there are some women or some ladies that won't be in service this morning. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? Because as a woman, when you're on your period, you dare not come into the household of God in the Old Testament. Because when you're undergoing through your period, according to the law that was given by Moses, Moses was the one that gave the law. According to the law that was given by Moses, you have been declared unclean for that period. And it's interesting for you, I mean to me, I don't know about you, that you see, not just the woman alone is unclean when she's undergoing a period. She has to be locked in, I think seven days or so. She has to be locked in for seven days. You understand? And for those seven days, she needs to have a bath every single day. You understand? But you see, those periods of seven days that she has been declared unclean, locked up in a room, the Bible also said that whatsoever she she touches becomes unclean. Yellow to our lady. Tabalo come unclean. She be bad. She be what they call Obama. But whatever she that means during that period, if her husband, her children wants to go to the temple, they dare not come near her. Am I talking to somebody? They dare not come near her. The Bible now went further. It's not just what she touches becomes unclean. What is, if a person praise God, praise God, praise God, if somebody who is clean now touches what she touches, that person also becomes unclean. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me let me have that. It, it looks as if this is really doing way, way better. Hallelujah. So, she touches this. Somebody else comes to touch it. You see, and you know, you know one thing about the law. Ignorance is not an excuse. So, for the fact that I didn't even know that she had touched it, and I went and touched it, does not give me an excuse to say, ah, I didn't know that she touched it, so I've become unclean. That's why I came. If you come like that into the presence of God, you are dead. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are things to be done. There are rituals to be done. Even the high priest that the Bible says goes into the very presence of God according to the pattern of the temple once every year has to cleanse himself, wash himself, do everything, kill lambs, kill for himself before he can assess that very presence of God. But here we are, you and I. And you know what happened? What changed? Through him, we have what? Access. Somebody say, I've got access. Oh my God, I didn't hear that. Somebody say, I've got access. Come on, somebody say, I've got access. Somebody say it again, I've got access. Somebody say, I have access. Somebody say, I have access to God. Somebody say, I have access to God. In the morning, I've got access. Oh, come on, say it. In the morning, I've got access. In the afternoon, I've got access. In the middle of the night, I've got access. Lift up your voice and shout, I've got access to God. You have access to God 24-7. The line of communication is open. Now look at verse 3. It says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. He said, And not only so, now, you see, what he was saying when he said, and not only so, you see the way verse 2 ended. He said, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That means there's a hope that we have. And we rejoice in that hope. Then he said, and not only so, he said, but we glory in what? In tribulations. Paul, what are you talking about? How would you say that you will be in tribulation and you will rejoice. How do I glory in tribulation? I mean, how many of us can really glory in tribulation? As in, you're going through a lot, as in, like a lot, you know, the way the way people put it on social media, this is that. You know, a lot is happening. It's either you are coming from a lot, or you are going through a lot, or you are going into a lot. But a lot is happening. <laughs> the first day I saw that stuff, I said, wow. Everybody's going through a lot. It's either you are coming from a lot, or you are just going into a lot, or you are going through a lot. But a lot is happening. Shege is happening. But Paul said in the midst of a lot, he said we glory 
time will fail me to finish. I mean, get to the point where I want to get to this morning. I mean, Paul, what are, you know, it, it, that statement looks similar to what James was sharing. James said, count it all joy when you go through divers of tests. I believe you know that's a, that's a difficult place to be and a difficult thing for a lot of us to do. He said, count it all joy. Paul said, we glory in tribulation. How would you tell me to glory in tribulation? What is that thing that will be my motivation? Because you see, you must be motivated for you to glory in tribulation. Do you understand what I'm talking about? If you're not motivated in the midst of trouble, you will be overwhelmed by that trouble. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Oh, I've not gotten married. I'm 35 years old. When will my husband show up? How will I glory when all my friends are all married? How will I glory in such a situation? Oh, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Oh, my friends are doing good. They're riding good cars. Oh, this is happening in their life. How will I be able to glory in that tribulation when it looks as if I'm the worst out of everybody that I know? How will I be able to glory? What will be my motivation? And that's where we're going. That place of security in his law. That place of being secured in his law. That place of knowing that, listen, I may be going through a lot. Uh, but there's something that God said to me before a lot started happening. And you see, the lot that is happening is not going to change what God has said. Oh, because I'm going through a lot right now. Oh, but after I come out from the Lord, oh, there's going to be a fulfillment of what God has said. Oh, come on, if you understand what I just said, oh, give the Lord a shout this morning. How do I, how do I count it all joy? When I'm going through divers of tests. <laughs> As in, you know, that, that, that statement also looks similar to what Jesus said. Jesus said in this world you will have many troubles. Oh, can I, can I put it in the language of our days? Jesus said in this world you will go through a lot. Ah, somebody with me. So, if you are going through a lot right now, uh, do you understand? Uh -huh. Jesus already said it. That you will go through a lot. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. Uh, I was in a meeting with my pastor many years ago, Reverend Kotila. And he was trying to explain this scripture. And he said, Jesus said, be of good cheer. You know, when something of celebration is going on, and we all have our wine in our cups. What do we do? The MC says, go ahead and cheers with everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then everybody goes, cheers. Uh, cheers. You know, palm cheers. Do you understand? Because it's a celebration. And he said, what Jesus was saying is 
in this world, you will have uh, many trouble. But you see, when the trouble arrives, uh, instead of sitting down and feeling overwhelmed, uh, what you should do is get a glass of wine, uh, pour some wine of wine, uh, wine of glass, uh, and look for your wife, uh, look for your children, look for your church members, and say, cheers. Because you see, the trouble is not going to last as much as you think it will last. Trouble don't last always. Oh, is somebody hearing me? Hey, it's in our side that it looks as if... Oh my God, can you, can you, you know, can you pause for a moment and flash back in your life at a point when you went through a lot? And while you were going through that a lot, can, can you flash back right now? And it looks as if that lot was going to kill you. Let me see your hands up if you have been there. As in like, me will show up him and survive lot here. <laughs> Let me see your hands up. Let me see your hands up. Come on, raise it. Raise it. Raise it now. I can't see any hands up. Okay. People here are doing fine. Oh, nobody have gone through a lot here. Let's go. Okay, maybe they are just going through the lot. <laughs> But you went through it and it looks as if as in like no no uh, this, this is the end no, this, this is the end of it but you are still here now and if you look back you can't even tell exactly how it is you came out of that lot. I don't know that word lot is just coming again and again. You don't know how you came out of that lot. But somehow you came out and you are here. And you are going through another lot right now. And the lot is weighing you down. The lot is as if this lot is going to take me out. Can you pause for a moment in the midst of that lot and look back at the lot that you went through and you didn't know how you survived. Because listen to me, if God brought you out of that lot, this present lot, you are coming out of it. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said you are coming out of it. Oh, I know Balale will not mind me sharing this as a testimony. It's this same year. This same year. She lost her job. I spoke If I many times I would just, when I pick my phone, I'll say, I need to call Balale and just check how she's doing. For her at that moment, it was as if Balale. Well, I just shout hallelujah at the back. I, I'm telling you, you see, our voice is so cool right now. <laughs> but hey, hey, hey. this period I was talking about, I'll be talking to Bolanle on phone. She will be crying. He said, Pastor, I have responsibility. How will I do it? I don't have a job. I don't have this. I don't have this. I got fired. How will I survive? How? How? At that moment, Bolale, how did you feel? It was as if, as in like, this is the end. In this Nigeria, I lost a job. How will I get another one? She even made attempts at some, and they, they didn't, they didn't understand. Then she would call the guy and say, more apply, Pastor. Most interview, more than she that now. 
Kasi bolali Diyos ka. Nda. But the Bible says, when the Lord turned around the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Niba ti olonu dai kolosi unipada. Hawasi dabi awanti unlala. Ha! Because the truth is, if you ask Bolanle right now, that does she really, 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 really remember how she felt at that point in time when she felt it was all over? She may be able to describe it for you, but uh, 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 I'm telling you, she cannot accurately describe how she felt at that point in time right now. You understand what it is I'm saying? If God brought you out of a lot, if a lot is going on right now, listen to me, friends. You are coming out of it. I say 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 you are coming out of it. Oh my God, who am I talking to? I say you are coming out of it. I say you are coming out of it. Out of that situation. Out of that circumstance. Out of that situation. Out of that circumstance. You are coming out of it. You know why? Because his love for you never fails. It never changes. Come on, get on the keyboard for me. See, if I go further from here, we won't finish this service on time. So let me just stop here. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm secured in you. Oh, come on, just, just, I don't know how you want to do it. Just turn it in. In the midst of all that may be going on, Lord, I'm secured. Lord, I'm secured. Lord, I'm secured. In the midst of whatever it is that may be going on, Lord, I'm secured in you. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, somebody, I need you to make that a confession this morning. You see, that confession will bring you comfort. Say, Lord, in the midst of whatever it is that is going on in my life this morning, ah, oh, Lord, I'm secure. Oh, Lord, I'm secure. Lord, I'm secure. Lord, I'm secured in you. I'm secured in you. I'm secured in you. Confidence in you. I have confidence in you. I'm secure in you. Just lift up your voice this morning. Wherever you are online, come on, pray that prayer. Make that confession. Lord, I'm secure in you. Because your love for me never fails. Your love for me never fails. Your love for me is not dependent on anything, it never fails. I'm secure. I your way. I your way. You still heal the sick. <laughs> Lift up your hands, everybody. And you still raise the dead. <laughs> hey, you still do.
God, just raise your hands, everybody. And now I'm not joking. Lift up. Come on, let's go again. You still heal the sick. You still raise the dead. You still do amazing things. Come on, lift up those hands. Come on, keep them up. Still answer when we call. Oh, yes. Ah, you'll always keep your promise. Now you're Come on, somebody, help me sing. Sing it with me. Well, thank 